Welcome to the Raise Your Energy podcast. My name is Linda, I'm your host and energy expert. Today we are going to look closer at the difference between the brain and the mind. You will discover the difference between these two and then I'm going to introduce you a little bit more to your mind and how it actually works so you can work better together. How does that sound? Great? Okay, let's get started. Our mind is powerful and our mind is limited. You might ask now, how can all of these things be true together at the same time? That's what we're gonna discover today together. Our mind and our thoughts are something that we humans have not yet figured out completely. We know parts of it, but we cannot explain its true origin and how it fully works. If we would know how it fully works, we wouldn't have any mental health issues in our world. And we would not have a rise in mental unwell-being, so to say. But that is not important for us to be able to start using the knowledge that we do have about our mind to our advantage, to our benefit, and for our own wellness and health. So enough people have figured it out already many times before in all ages. It just seems we keep forgetting and have to remember all over again. And maybe until now, we have just not given our mind enough energy and focus than our body. Our mind is a word that describes various mental activities like thinking, um, imagining, remembering. All of these activities are more elusive because we can't grasp them with our five senses, right? We cannot see our thoughts, we cannot hear them, we cannot smell them, we cannot taste them, we cannot touch them. And that might be a reason why these days we have tackled, first of all, our body and getting to know our body and how to heal our body. It was just easier because we can see it, we can touch it, we can do something to it. Now we're coming into an age where our mental health becomes much more important, right? It feels like we neglected it for long enough and now we do have to do something about it. Because on the one side, we have figured out nearly everything that we can heal in our body through surgery or certain treatments. So we know our body these days pretty well on what's going on and how to heal certain injuries or illnesses. But nowadays, we have a lot of illnesses that do not come from injuries or genetic disorders. They come from our lifestyle. The top five illnesses that cause death are actually due to stress and how we live our lives. And this is where mental health in our mind suddenly starts to play a much bigger role in our life. We need to look closer at 
how our mind works, how our mental health works and how we can improve it so we don't get sicker and sicker. We know how stress looks like and we know how it makes us feel and how it makes our body weak and ill, but we haven't figured out yet how to stop us being so stressed out these days. So this is a perfect time for us to learn more about our minds. And even if it is elusive, even if we cannot touch our thoughts, we are able to manage them. We can apply practices, we can apply rules into our lives to make our mind work for us and not against us. There is a debate about what the mind is and what the brain is, which I want to go a little bit closer in. Our brain is part of our body. It is an organ. It is something that we can actually see. And if you're a doctor, you can actually touch. The brain is a significant physical part of our body and of our mind. When we have a thought... Transmission of impulses are happening between the nerve cells in our brain. Every thought that our mind actually has creates a reaction in our brain. And we know as well that memories are stored in various sections of our brain. We know that the brain receives signals through our five senses. It's like a radio receiver and the brain translates all of these signals into impulses into the body into chemicals, anything that the body needs to react to that signal. There are people that believe that our mind is the brain and that our mind is actually therefore physical. But our brain is actually just an instrument. It's an organ that we can use and that is instrumental for our lives. But it is physical where our mind is not. The thoughts that we are having, they're not coming from the brain, so they don't originate out of the brain, they originate from our mind. So our mind is non-physical, that's why I say it's elusive, and it uses the brain to manage our existence in this world. For many people, the mind and brain are interchangeable. They use one word or the other to talk really about the same. But mostly what they're talking then about is the brain, the organ that is part in our body, that is in our skull. The mind uses the brain and the brain responds to the mind. The mind also changes the brain. If we are having new thoughts, it actually changes the connections between the nerve cells in our brain. So our brain actually changes all the time and the mind has the control over that. People choose their actions through mental activities. The brain does not force anybody to do anything. It's all happening in the mind. The brain is just a physical organ inside of our body that we all have, all animals, all humans. And this part of the body, the brain, governs all the activities to perform everything we need to. It's like a core processor unit in a computer. 
it consists of tissues and nerve cells and brain cells. And it's very complex with different sections being dedicated to different functions that our body needs to exist. And it is all connected to all parts of the body through the nerve cells, through neurons that transfer the external signals inside of our body. The brain is responsible for experiencing as well the feelings and depositing these feelings as memories in their designated sections. All these experiences collectively develop into, well, us, into our identity, into what we call who we are. And that is then termed the mind, the identity is then becoming kind of the mind. It is not tangible like the brain, but it creates thought processes and perceptions, and it creates literally the reality that we are living in, and therefore as well, kind of who we are. Our mind is immensely powerful because it keeps everything going. It keeps us living our lives. And our mind is divided into three parts. There is the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and the unconscious mind. Our conscious mind is what we are thinking, what we are aware of, the thoughts we are having, what we are currently experiencing, and what is currently happening around us. So me sitting here talking to you, giving you all of that knowledge, I'm doing that with my conscious mind. I'm aware of that I'm doing that. And that is all happening in the part of the mind that is very much conscious and that I have control of. Our conscious mind is what we are all aware of, but it actually is such a small part of the totality of the mind. It is something like 5% of the total mind that is the conscious mind. I know that sounds crazy. We think that, well, everything that we are aware of should be probably a pretty high percentage of our mind, but actually it's just around 5%, whereas 95% of our mind is the subconscious mind and the unconscious mind. Our subconscious mind is running all of the autonomic processes. That means the beating of our heart, the digestion of the food and what we're drinking in our intestines and in our stomach. It makes sure that our heart keeps beating and keeping us alive. These are all automatic processes that are happening without our conscious mind. Because if we would need to manage all of that as well in our conscious mind, we couldn't really do anything else. I mean, it would take a lot of energy for us to remembering every few seconds to breathe and for our heart to beat. So that's why you can start to see of how so much of our mind is actually happening in the automatic processes in our body of where it spends a lot of energy and a lot of consciousness. The unconscious mind stores all of our thoughts and our feelings. It is kind of like the history of ourselves, everything we experienced, everything we felt before, and it turns it into memories that we are not really aware of 
Today we want to focus more on the conscious mind because that's of course where we can actually do something about it and that's what we can manage. Part of our conscious mind is the analytical mind. This is a mind that we mostly use to live the life that we're living. The analytical mind is doing the thinking. It's coming to conclusions based on the thinking process and it makes decisions. It helps us solve problems by thinking through the problem and coming up with the right solution for us to move forward and take the next step and take the next action. Every analytical mind can look different based on the individual's nature and nurture. That means the upbringing on what they experience so far. It can vary in how, for example, skeptical it is or not is, how open it is or how closed off it is for new information and new perspectives to come into their lives. So our analytical mind has its obvious benefits, but it has as well limitations. I will explain more soon. But before I want to say that our analytical mind is the one that we have the greatest influence on. As it is so much closer to us than the subconscious and unconscious mind, it means we are able to change it, to transform it, to make some little changes or some bigger changes. We can develop our conscious, our analytical mind. It's as well the gateway to be able to make some changes in our subconscious or unconscious. Even if we don't have direct access to it, we can access it through our awareness, through our conscious mind. If you understand your mind better, you know how it works, you can start making these adjustments. You can override certain things. You can change it to help you live a better life. A huge part of the human race is just not aware of how to influence the mind to their own good. It's not like we have a subject at school that is called master your mind. So we have to learn it now when we are adults and start taking advantage of that knowledge that we do have to make our lives more happy and more joyful. So let's get to know our analytical mind a little bit better. It helps us to make sense of our environment, to choose between options and to take the next steps in any situation we are in. It helps us in our early days to go to school. It helps us to complete school. And after that, it helps us to get a job or to build a business. It helps us to decide how we want to live our lives. It wants us to be safe. It wants us to move on, but in a safe way. It doesn't want us as in the body to get hurt. It alarms us if there is danger and it protects the body from being harmed. With all this goodness that the analytical mind gives us, it comes sometimes as well then with limitations, which are very important for you to be aware of because when you're aware of these limitations you can overcome them you can work with your analytical mind 
to overcome it in certain situations where you just want to move above it. The first limitation is that it works from a defined amount of information. What that means is that it has all the information that you have from the life that you have been living, but not one single person has experienced everything there is to experience in their life and has gotten all the knowledge that there is in the whole world world and even in the universe. That means that the data set that the analytical mind has is limited. It's still very vast from all that you experienced, from all that you read, that from all that you learned, but it is still a limitation that sometimes you want to overcome. Just imagine you want to experience something new in your life. You want to move above from what you experienced so far. You want to go into a completely different direction in your life. Your analytical mind that wants you to stay safe and unharmed might stop you in that moment through certain thoughts that are coming up questioning yourself if you should really do it. You remember I told you that your analytical mind wants all the good things for you, but it is working from that defined data set and that is all the safe data that it has collected so far. If you want to experience something completely new, if you want to go really big and do something completely different in your life, then that is unknown to your analytical mind and therefore that is classified as unsafe. It might be classified as dangerous and your analytical mind might want to stop you from taking the next step. It's like an overbearing parent that is scared for you to go out into the big world. And it does not mean to. It does not mean to stop you from growing. It does not mean you any harm in that regards. It's just the limitation that it has. And it wants you just to stay safe. It really doesn't like you to take risk. It doesn't like you to be in an ambiguous situation and it doesn't like uncertainty. It wants you to stay in your comfort zone and best not to take any big risks. And yeah, generally that is okay. It keeps us alive instead of dying very quickly from taking too many risks every minute of every day. Just imagine you would drive around your car without following any of the rules on the streets or driving your bike with your eyes closed, of course you wouldn't want to take these kind of risks. So for most of the time, how the analytical mind is structured and how it works is beneficial for us. It keeps us alive. And then there are times we do want to step out of that comfort zone, right? We want to take some risks, maybe for the first time in our lives, and we want to experience maybe something wildly different. And in these cases, our mind can keep us stuck. It can keep us in that one place that we are currently in, maybe for too long and potentially forever. 
we might never take that step. We might never take that risk or experience what we want to experience because of our analytical mind. Can you see how your mind can hold you back from your dreams, from your goals? To overcome it, all you really need to do is be aware and look closer at it. Look closer at your mind, at the thoughts that you're having. Now that you know that that's what your mind can do and how it can be in your way, you can step into the role of the observer of your thoughts. You can become aware of the thoughts that might hold you back and you can reflect on them. You can look at them and see if they're valid or if they're hindering you and stopping you from achieving what you want to achieve in your life. If they are holding you back, you have the opportunity to let them go and to change your thinking. It might either just need this one intervention, you might just need to catch it once and let go of the thoughts that are hindering you, or you might need to go through this little intervention a few times until that thought is really gone. But then you can overcome this thought and you can move forward anyway. You can take that risk. You can step out of your comfort zone if you know how this all works and that you can take control and manage your analytical mind. The good news is it can be done. You can change how your mind is thinking and you can stop it from having the thoughts that just don't serve you anymore. A good way to train your mind as well to just be a little bit less risk adverse is to be more open-minded and to keep learning and to keep acquiring new knowledge and new experiences in your life. Quite often people that are set in their ways, they are narrow-minded and they don't even ever consider somebody else's opinions or perspectives, they have stopped learning. They might think they know already everything there is to know, but as I said before, not one conscious mind has experienced everything that there is to experience. Not one conscious mind knows everything that there is to know in the world, especially in the area of experiencing it. Lots of people think that they know something just because they have read about it or they have heard about it. But true knowledge is through experience. Just because you read a book about swimming doesn't mean you know how to swim. You know just hypothetically how to do it, but until you actually do it and experience it, you don't really know how to swim, right? People who keep their minds open for new knowledge, for new experiences, for other people's opinions, for new perspectives, have more exciting lives. They just experience more. That's for sure. Let new information come into your life. Don't discard it. Don't put it down. Just be curious about life and the miracles that can happen and be eager to learn and experience something new. 
you might be surprised what comes up. Just because we have left school or university does not mean that we have to stop learning. We want to keep learning in our jobs, in our work. We want to keep learning about the world around us. We want to stay with the curve of how the humans are developing because if we stop learning, we will fall behind, behind the development of us humans. If you wish to achieve something in your life that has not come true yet, check in with your thoughts. See if there is something that you might want to adjust in your thinking. You could write it down. It's a very good exercise to write down all the thoughts that you're having about a certain topic, maybe a goal, maybe a dream. Sit in some silence, really Give it some time to discover all of the thoughts that you could have to see if there are maybe some that are hindering you and that are stopping you from taking the next step or reaching your goal. You might be surprised what comes out of the woodwork of your mind and ask yourself, is there anything that I think that is standing in my way? Just by asking this question, your analytical mind has to give you an answer. It might not give you the answer straight away. It might take a few minutes, a few hours, a few days. By asking ourselves and our mind meaningful questions like this, our mind has to respond. Our mind is actually constructed to answer every question that it gets. So you will receive an answer. You might just need to be a little bit patient. We talked about how important it is to access new information through reading new books or through talking to new people and asking them for their opinions. But there is another way that you can obtain new information You might not obtain it very consciously, but it will still be able to change your life to the better. And that is accessing new information through the meditation, through a meditative state. And that is information that is not coming from the 3D world that we're living in, the physical world. It comes more from the universe, universal energy. By moving into the meditative state, your brain moves into certain brain waves that switches off the analytical mind. Your brain is like a radio station that constantly receives information. And your analytical mind might sometimes stop information to come in. It's like a filter. And sometimes it doesn't like certain things, right? We talked about that. So switching off the analytical mind during your meditation stops you from having thoughts and it slows down your brain waves. What happens is that it opens up the subconscious mind that receives information unfiltered. And this information is not coming from this world through the five senses because 
you have closed your eyes, right? You can't see anything. You're not eating. You don't smell anything. You're not tasting anything. You're not touching anything because you're taking as well the focus off of your body. Yes, you might hear some music, but that is really just in the background. So you senses have switched off but information is all around us so suddenly you are able to receive information from the universe from source from your higher self from god whatever you want to call it you can receive information through the brain into your subconscious mind into your body and it does something there it's underlying you will not with your conscious mind be able to completely grasp it you might have experiences you might see pictures you might have sensations in your body when that happens let it all happen be curious don't shy away from experience something new What happens there is that you receive information that is in pure harmony. This information is pure love and it goes straight in your body. And what it can do for you is it can improve your life. It can improve your awareness of what you know. It can give you new information for you to use. It can help you heal an illness. It's all pure love that is coming inside of you during your meditation when you open the gate and your analytical mind doesn't stop you from receiving that information that's where the magic happens so next time when you meditate when you go into this meditative state you know a little bit more of what can happen like i said don't shy away from it if you have some sensations just let it happen trust that something amazing is happening and that you receive kind of like a biologically mentally and spiritual upgrade inside of you so I hope you learned something new today about your brain, about your mind and how you can use your mind for your own good. Thank you so much for listening. It has been a pleasure as always. And let me know in the comments of how you liked the episode. I love to receive your feedback. Thank you again and with that I love you and leave you. Talk soon and bye bye.